0: Welcome to Fool Injectors, a podcast where two car guys try desperately to not talk cars with mixed results. So what have you seen as different on pandemic pricing?
1: I don't know, multiply everything by two? If it's it's something that you need for a home office, multiply it by two, at least. Oh yeah. So I ended up with, I ended up investing... $500 in a new Canon camera, because if you want to find a webcam, because the webcam on my laptop is atrocious, and you know how much we do on Zoom these days, so I wanted to have something that was decent. My biggest problem with with my laptop camera was that if I had any sort of light source behind me, it would just, everything would get washed out. It just could not adjust to light. So I said, okay, let me buy, let me just buy a, a nice dedicated webcam. And I could just plop it right on top of the laptop screen or my desktop screen up in the office. Nice and neat. And so I started investigating, and was looking around. And, you know, there's not a whole lot. Technology for webcams are not that amazing. But, you know, Logitech C920, which is about 8 years old. The C922, which is about 3 or 4 years old. Uh, the Brio is a 4K. But, goodness, try to find them. You can't. Usually, if you can, it's someone who's jacked the price up like crazy, and they're not selling for for volume. And every, anywhere else, it was out of stock, backordered till July. Um, if you want your share of cheap Chinese webcams on on Amazon, you could find them, but they were they were running for the prices that the logic the Logitech's Logitech's were. So. You basically and and I was looking at some online reviews on, on YouTube, and you know they were rough, really rough. So it's like I'm not spending a hundred, close to a hundred bucks on this. So I ended up buying a Canon M50, which has been nice, and yeah, it's gotten me into playing around with photography and videography. So that's been good.
0: Well, that's one of those things that you can you can do that sort of thing where you tangent off. You know, mm-hmm. everybody's sort of, we have to video conference for work. I need to be able to talk with my other co-workers. So I need a webcam. So people just go on and go Google webcam. And they'll overpay for it because they need one for work. Mm-hmm. And work half the time is probably going to pay for it. Mm-hmm. So... So going for something that's just a straight up digital camera, that's not going to be on people's radar. Um, you know, seeing the the motion of people towards products during during such a shift mm. of of what people are doing. I know one thing I've noticed is um, two things you can't get right now are the the Nintendo Switch and the Twilight Oculus paper. Quest VR. No toilet paper's back in stock. You can you can wipe, wipe all day long if you like. You you can be all all three ply and plush, and you can just keep wiping if you feel like
1: I'm, it. I'm sorry, but there are certain skin and butt types that don't do well with three ply, plush toilet paper.
0: <laughs> Multi ply toilet paper yeah, just, is disgusting. Just
1: give me basic sandpaper, single ply. Does the job, doesn't catch on anything, I'm good.
0: The 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 worst thing about two ply toilet paper is eventually you'll get to the point where like the plies separate, and so then you have like that sort of half single ply floating out there. And do you trust and that? And that's just a pain in the neck. And do you, then you're like And do you, you trust gotta, that? No. Not in the <laughs> least. No. That's No, because that single ply is the worst single ply in the world. The the single ply out of a two ply roll is. Is so much worse than even the cheapest toilet paper. It's just oh, there's two plies. It's like yeah, use twice as much of the normal single toilet mm-hmm. paper, and it, it, it's fine. What is wrong with you? Yep. But people are like, I need a cushion for my tushion. Anyway, getting back on topic.
1: <laughs> how many? How many? Peop- um, how many people switched to bidets during this pandemic? I would love. Well, the to. bidets were sold out. I would love to.
0: They were sold out hardcore.
1: Mm. That's. The French know how to live, I'll tell you that. I mean, who wants, honestly, we're all so conditioned to stick our hands like way down into this nether region that who really should ever be touching that? Anyway, sorry. But I just, yeah, bidet. All day, every day, bidet.
0: I know, even, like, I, I was contemplating even the ones that just piped the cold water. It's like, yeah, it'll be a bit chilly, but I'll be... I'll be clean.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Actually, what 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 I started doing was um when it first hit and you couldn't find toilet paper at all. I was at a Target, and they had a few stacks of the of the uh, wipes. Oh yeah, the flushable wipes. And I'm like, might need it, might give it a try, and I actually like it so much. I I. When that ran out, I'm like, well, we got plenty of toilet paper now, but we need more wipes. Let's get some <laughs> more wipes. It's a nice little finish.
1: If you say so. Mm. I, it was funny because right that first weekend where everything started just flying off the shelves, I went shopping for the first time. I think it was on Saturday night. and or Actually, it might have been Sunday night. But whatever, it was that first weekend. And I was in my local price chopper maybe we can maybe they can pay us for mentioning their names um,
0: so so for so for people outside of your local area what's a price chopper equivalent to what kind of a grocery store is that
1: i can't say it's a bad one cuz then they'll never sponsor us <laughs> no i'm kidding i'm kidding it's actually um it's kind of like a you know it it's nothing fancy although this price chopper that we have, they went upscale. So there's a few price choppers, which are typically kind of bargain, supermarket, you know, no frills. I mean, not, not no frills, but, you know, minimal decorations, just, you know, decent stuff at decent prices. But They're
0: not going to be handing out stacks of cheese samples on a Saturday No, afternoon.
1: you will not. No, you will not have cheese samples. And here, have some, you know, we'll even throw you some grapes. Nothing like that. Um, but they went up. They, they did they did fix up their market. They went upscale. So now you have Market 32 by Price Chopper. And, uh, you yeah, know, prices still seem to be pretty good. And the quality is good. I, I like uh, getting a lot of their fresh vegetables there because they tend to last a little bit longer than Whole Foods seems to. On some things. Mm. Not everything. That's general. But anyway, that's uh and it's the closest supermarket to me. So it's kind of the and they used to be open 24 hours. They're now at least non-pandemic hours. They're open till midnight. So um, it's a nice That's pretty good. Yeah, it's nice to be able to go. It's close to home. I can hit it most hours. You know, very convenient. So, but I was in there on that first weekend. I think it was Sunday night. And I'm <laughs> I'm, I'm in there for, I'm trying to get as many like fruits and vegetables, meats, you know, things that I know that I'm going to need since I'm going to be stuck at home cooking for myself for the foreseeable future. And I go over to the paper aisle and the cleaning, the cleaning supply aisle completely wiped clean. I mean, not a single product on any of the shelves and they had a lot of food. So actually most of the food was, you know, was there. So it wasn't too bad. Um, Unlike Whole Foods, I had gone to Whole Foods earlier in the day and they were completely wiped out. Like all their vegetables were gone. Fruits and vegetables completely wiped out. So price dropper having that was great. So, you know, but they had nothing for paper goods, nothing for cleaning supplies. So that was the thing. I'm like, oh, yeah, okay, they're hurting. Um, so I'm over by the, I'm, I'm heading back over to the meat section. And quite, I quite literally trip on a big cardboard box on the floor. And I look down, and as I look down, it says bath tissue on the side of the box. And I go, "What?" So this doesn't
0: belong in the meat department.
1: <laughs> well, they—it's kind of—it's like the nice big open area that they have, like it's right to the back of the store. So the when they're stocking overnights, they typically like preload in that area before they disperse. So I kick this box, look down, see it's bath tissue. It's like. Oh, interesting. So I, I the box is partially open, so I look in. And it's a half empty box but with two full cases of I don't know, Charmin, whatever toilet paper. Are you playing music or something?
0: No, it's Leslie singing in the other room. I'm I'm kind of concerned about what it's going to do, but I'm not seeing any kind of reaction on the well, uh recording. I can hear it. You can hear it? Yeah,
1: I can hear it. That's all right. Free entertainment.
0: Everybody, you li- get to listen to the dulcet tones of Leslie Pappas singing her heart out on YouTube karaoke. Mm-hmm. Deal with it. Episode 1 issues. Hashtag episode 1 issues.
1: <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Signed it up. Looking in the case. And, and these are like cases of like 16 roles. And so I look. I said, well, I know... People want this. So I grab one of the cases. And so I have this WhatsApp group chat going on. And so I message, hey, anyone need toilet paper? Because I actually had plenty of toilet paper. And then all of a sudden I get two or three responses. Oh, yes. We need some. We need some. Oh, and we know this other person that needs some. And I said, I saw that. So there was another pack of 16. So I said, well, there's... They said, can you grab the other pack? And I said, okay. So now I'm... Now I've got a few things in my car, in my hand cart and I'm walking up with my arms up in the air, like wedged with two, two 16 packs under each arm, walking to the checkout line and I'm looking like that guy. Yes, I'm that guy. The one that was on the news all over the country for the past like three or four days. I'm that guy. And the, and the worst part was, I mean, it was good because I got, and I knew they were going to places that I, you know, friends that needed them. But, and I didn't use a single one of them. I mean, I had plenty at home, so it was like I'm fine. But I just look like a total.
0: Yeah, one of the things I've noticed with pricing is the, um, like when stuff does come back, some stuff is just stupid price, and some of it is cheap. Yeah. Um, like for for a while, our local market we you couldn't you couldn't get any chicken. Remember going in, there was they had like chicken wings, and that was it. Yeah, but now it's back up to full, and you can get all the chicken you want. It's actually it's not it's normal pricing, and maybe even a little bit cheaper than it used to be. But the thing that's really expensive is beef, and finding like anything that's under ten bucks a pound can can be really difficult. I mean, you could find it, but the pickings are very slim on anything except for really expensive cuts of meat.
1: Wait, 10 bucks a pound for what?
0: Like any kind of beef. Like you could find What about what if, about
1: ground beef? Let's let's get let's get the let's get the base here first.
0: Ground beef ground beef was not that expensive. Ground beef was okay. probably in the $5 a pound range. Okay, that that makes sense. Okay. It, it like if you're looking for a steak or something to make steak fajitas out of you're talking eight, nine bucks a pound for even the cheapest cuts. And most everything was in the 12. I was seeing some $16 stuff that wasn't even top of the line cuts, just sort of mm. like nice steaks were just silly money. Like I, I could buy this cooked at a restaurant for this kind of money. What are you talking about? Yeah. To the point where, where salmon was like salmon was 10 bucks a pound. i go I'll just get a piece of, fish i should have the fish
1: it's better for you although i love i love my i love my beef my ground beef beef but yeah it's it, what's for dinner yeah i it's funny because i had heard some i because you're you know the up the area that you are i heard that a lot of the supermarkets were short on chicken and then we're short on beef and it's funny because i think maybe it's just because there's worcester is a bigger area and there's more stores that maybe it's just better supplied but I never saw. I mean, I did see a shortage of certain times, certain types of beef at Whole Foods. But if Whole Foods didn't have something, I could go to Trader Joe's and they would likely have it. Or I went to Market Thirty Two, Price Chopper, and they had it. I never had a problem finding anything in particular, even even flour. Like Whole Foods had fl- the day I went in. Whole Foods had flour, and I don't know if I was just. Maybe I was just maybe I was walking into places right after they had gotten shipments and was doing a OK but um yeah there was nothing that I was really looking for that I couldn't find over this over this time. I always seemed to find
0: what I needed. My local Hannaford just started regularly stocking flour last week. Really. Every time I had gone since this started they haven't had any Hmm. or there was there was one time i went down the aisle and they had four 50 pound restaurant size bags and i'm going well that's that's too much so no (laughs) but yeah they they only just started i think part of it is the fact that we're sort of on the edges of both the market basket and hannaford chains in the area yeah there's not many west of us, so I think we're sort of some of the last ones that they supply, so they probably kind of don't prioritize us as much.
1: It's okay because whatever we were short on, I was full of sumo oranges this season.
0: Ooh, you were you were <laughs> flaunting your sumo oranges you were you were showing them off so much.
1: they are. There are a few things in life that are as amazing as a sumo orange. And unfortunately, the season is over. So next, uh, I don't know, February, March time, keep an eye out for the sumos. And they are some of the juiciest, easiest to peel, just enjoyable citruses, citri, citrus fruits that you can possibly have. Love them. Love them, love them. I was eating. I was eating two a day at least. I finally, towards the end of the season, I said, "I need to stop rationing these things. I just need to enjoy them as much as I can." Sometimes I'd have three or four in a day. They were just amazing, and I'll never have scurvy. <laughs> mm. But it's been a, it's been an interesting time. It's uh. Certainly, to to see the supply and demand, I, th- I think a lot of people kind of were so used to you can get anything you want wherever you want. It's not hard to find. You just you know you just go out. If it's not if it's something that you just buy online, you just go online and you buy it, or you go to the store and you buy it. And you're just used to that. And now everything's changed. It's at least temporarily. It's you know things come and go, and you see prices fluctuate like crazy. It's um it's it's amazing to it's amazing to see. It's I don't trying to remember a time where it was this extreme of a fluctuation. And Canon, Canon Camera Company, whatever their official name is, I don't know. We just call them Canon. Um, and from what I hear, maybe some other manufacturers as well did something fantastic. And that was allow many of their newer cameras, especially ones that can record 4K in, in high-def video, where you can just plug it into your laptop and with a, a software update, you can actually just use that as a webcam and i got I got the m50, which is one of their newer mirrorless cameras, but they also have uh you can get some DSLRs that are very inexpensive as low as as little as two hundred you can get a refurbished one from Canon for under two hundred and fifty dollars so basically what you would pay for this four or five year old webcam. That that's all it can do is just be a webcam and you can actually have a nice camera that if you wanted to do some photography or if you wanted to do some videography, you know, and it's in and, and that camera, that $250 camera, you could turn around, you know, maybe after this pandemic ends and you're like, all right, I don't have any use for this. You turn around and sell it for 75, 80% of what you paid for it. That Logitech cam, when this pandemic ends, is that $250 webcam is going to be worth 90 bucks actually and and that would be for new that's that's what it should go for new is like a little over 100 so you might be able to get 75 bucks for it it would be like such a bath it's yeah i would not buy a webcam right now at all i would if you could or get or get a gopro that's another thing you can do is you can get a gopro something like a gopro or a digital camera are things that will not fluctuate in price just because they're not just relied on to be a webcam you can do other things with it so
0: Um, It, it it is it is see i'm one that when i do my shopping i like to like go into the store touch and feel play with the buttons and see what things are like and just the whole online shopping thing just hurts my brain unless it's sort of just a known commodity
1: you know i have i think over the years i've gotten so used to buying online that much of my wants and desires and needs, there are going to be some things that I want to see in person. But there are many things that I have been able to kind of put myself in other people's shoes and look at like online reviewers, whether it's on, you know, reviews on Google, YouTube, um, you know, and just kind of, there's certain people that when I see and I get their opinion on things, like this person knows what they're talking about, And so they will go in and explain why this is so much better than this or why these features, even though, hey, this maybe, you know, if we're talking about a camera, maybe this camera has all these great features, but then they'll say it looks good, but then it can't do this and it can't do this. So, you know, that's why I don't like it. And it's like, oh, interesting point. And so very much, very much of my, you know, a lot of my shopping is based on getting feedback from other people. And I, yeah, there's certain things that I do want to get my hands on, you know, kind of play around with, see what, it you know, see how something actually works. And a lot of things I'll say, you know what, this is going to do this, this, and this for me. And just that expectation is going to mean more to me than necessarily playing around with it in a store where I don't really know exactly what I'm doing yet. So, I mean, and I think that that is technology specific. I think... You know, a camera that's very complicated—it's hard to, you know, you see it on a store display where it's still mounted to the, to the column, and you can kind of lift it up, but you feel like you're looking through a pair of uh you, you gotta lift, you gotta lift a digital camera at Target, and you feel like you have to use it like you're like looking through a periscope because you got this whole contraption that's securely keeping it from being stolen.
0: You got that cable that's trying to spring it back out of your hands, and yeah, I always love any kind of device that they have those little. USB security alarms because invariably I will touch it and the thing will go off. <laughs> yeah. I am I can set off any in-store USB-based alarm that, that has been created. You have that knack. In- inevitably, I'll just be standing around. And I'll say, "Wee wee 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 wee," <laughs> I start looking around, and some guy in a blue shirt comes running over, and I don't even know what I'm doing with this thing. And then he gave you his headphones. Then he gave me his headphones. <laughs> I can't get rid of these headphones now. The The headphones are going to be a running gag, and people won't even hear episode zero where we talk about <laughs> the hideous headphones I've got. But we'll save that for when we're doing video along with audio podcasts. There you go. You know, after episode 30 or whatever. I find when I'm trying to... to if I'm really interested in buying something online, you know, and it's going to be something of a a substantial amount of money so i want to really research if this is exactly what i want if it's going to have the features i want my usual thing is i want to find the one star reviews give me give me the one star reviews from the people that have bought this thing and i don't even care how many one star reviews are there cuz the, cuz there could be some products that have a ton of one star reviews but they're actually pretty good mm-hmm and usually it's something is stupid and like something's wrong in the description about the product or or there's just some kind of oddball situation going on. And that's what I want to suss out. I want to see what are people complaining about. There was one thing I was looking at. Um, I was looking at a computer. There was a friend of mine that wanted to – their old computer died mm-hmm. and they found out it was the hard drive died on it. And it was you know, a six, seven, eight-year-old computer – that they paid 450 bucks for new back then. Mm-hmm. So they go, they're not, I'm not going to put any money into this thing. I'm just going to get a new computer. What do I need to get? <laughs> so we were going through all the stuff, and I found this one that was you know, trading about $200 che- cheaper than anything of its similar spec.
1: Yeah. I'm
0: like, what is wrong with this thing? So I go in, and when you go into the one-star reviews, there were, I think there were, there were about 20 or so one-star reviews. And there were a few that were, you know, oh, I got it, and the screen was broken. Yeah. You know, you, you get you get the, the duds. And I'm like, okay, so this thing's got a few duds that come through, but you can get that with any product. You send it back. That's what warranties are for. But then, the like, three-quarters of the one-star reviews were... The thing says it has a backlit keyboard and it doesn't have a backlit keyboard. One star. Mm-hmm. Okay. But if it didn't say it didn't have a, if it's didn't say it had a backlit keyboard, would it still be a one-star machine? Yeah. I mean, I know that some people really like backlit keyboards. I like back, my computer here in front of me has a backlit keyboard. Yes. But, oh my goodness so it doesn't have a backlit keyboard this thing should be an 800 dollar computer and it's 600 bucks i'll live with having to have the lights on when i'm computing yeah
1: it's it's i had a similar circumstance uh, when i was purchasing batteries for my for my older canon camera the one that unfortunately will not work as a canon webcam it's a really nice canon 6D i love it but i've had it now for i've had that for about 4 years amazingly You know, I had, I have three batteries for it and two of them are basically just like open cells. They just don't even think of taking a charge. Um, And the third one holds a charge for maybe a day or two and then it's done. So I said, all right. So it's, you know, and I got, I think when I got the camera, it came with two batteries and one of them was weak anyway. So I said, you know what, let me just go out, let me look on, and I looked on Amazon and uh, I actually bought the batteries and I got them on Sunday and but when I was looking on at Amazon, uh, it was not universally great reviews, but the ones that gave five-star reviews said these are fantastic batteries, they're amazing. Um, but then I kept seeing a bunch of one-star reviews, and it was, you know, put on the charger, the supplied charge, or not the supply charger, put on you know put on the charger, it went to green, put it in the camera, and um, it would only show like 60 percent charge. And so I was like, huh, that's an interesting issue. And then read a couple of reviews saying people pay, you know, it's like, note, 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 note to this. And it was these batteries are, I forget the, I forget it was like 2600 milliamp hours, whatever it was. They are higher capacity than the stock Canon batteries. But if you put it on a Canon charger, it can only charge to a certain amount. It, it doesn't. It only charges to whatever nineteen hundred or twenty, whatever it, whatever the number was. So it would not fully charge these batteries. So if you purchase their charger, which was the charger was each battery was thirteen dollars, when a Canon battery was like forty five, and the charger was eight dollars, I was like, wow, like for less than the cost of one Canon battery. I'm like, let me get two batteries and a charger. And if it's, you know, if it's junk, it and and this company actually has a really good presence on amazon and their customer service is fantastic so if anyone's had a problem they've you know you even email them like the second they get the email they'll just send you a battery (laughs) they're like just here's a battery um and you know like now the funny thing was is that i chart i got one i charged one of the batteries on sunday or sunday or monday put it in the camera and was just kind of playing around with the camera for a little bit. And then today I turned the camera on, or I tried to, and there's no charge. And I was like, oh no, I got a bad battery. However, I realized that there's a GPS setting on the Canon 6D that when you have the when you have the GPS on, but the camera off, it still allows the GPS to run. So it was flashing. Like I put the, I charged the other battery. I'm like, well, let me try this battery. Charge to put it in, and you know I kind of played around with it for a little bit, and then I go to turn it off, and the little GPS is still flashing. I was like, oh, so I got to test that out of the bat. I got to play with those batteries, but I have no doubt that they'll, you know, from everything I hear, they'll take care of me. But you know, there's certain things that you look at and you go, oh wow, there's all these one stars, but most of them were because, you know, I charge the battery, but it won't take a full charge, and you know, it's just like you said, it was. Well, there's a reason and it's, you know, maybe it's either a miss, you know, one, one specification that's off or, you know, a little, little issue like that. But, yeah, it's, 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 it's an art. It's a gift, the online shopping.
0: (laughs) It's a blessing and a curse.
1: But I tell people all the time, I say, look at, you know, look at the ratings, make sure there's a number of ratings you know if i see something with 812 ratings and it's a 4.7 i'm going to feel pretty good about making that purchase you know if there's four ratings and it's a 4.2 i'm like ah, i don't know i don't know
0: so here here's what i don't understand about retailers cuz ever since online shopping started becoming really big
1: amazon amazon it- online buyer since 2002 right here
0: seriously So ever since it got really big, the retailers started doing a lot of them. Not, I don't want to paint them all with a broad brush, but a lot of them were going, "Oh, we we can't compete, so we gotta cut prices, and and you know we gotta figure out how we can be more profitable with what we sell." And the the thing is, is they never really looked to capitalizing on what being in person can benefit you Mm. i mean how many times in the last 10 to 15 years do you go into a store and the product you want to look at is enthrouded in horrible horrible plastic on a shelf and you know this is no benefit to just buying it on online and having it shipped to my house is the same as looking at this thing in plastic. I don't know what it feels like. I don't know what it plays like. The, the idea of, of just become a demonstration location and then capture the sales of the people that are excited about what you're dealing with there um, is really where retail should have gone to. And, and they, they went in the exact opposite direction and it just blows my mind. The other thing I can't stand is when there's not enough description on products. Yeah. So many times it's just a matter of, does it have this? And you spend half an hour trying to search different things because they don't give you basic features of a product. It can be frustrating at times. And then you start looking and you find 17 different things that will fit and you're not quite sure and you're going back and forth and you're doing all this research and then you go back and you buy something and you realize you bought the wrong one because you were clicking on five different stores because they had different prices and why did I buy that one I wanted this other one I did all that research and I even I even figured it out but I clicked the wrong one information overload Oh it's just the popsicle headache
1: takes a lot of takes a lot of practice takes a lot of talent and a lot of faith and the gumption to be able to return things when they don't work.
0: Yeah, that's the other thing—is returning stuff. Yeah,
1: sometimes I get lazy. I'm like, I
0: don't want to return it.
1: <laughs> actually, you know, actually, you know what I, you know what I end up buying a lot of—not a lot, but I mean, I have bought a, quite a few things that I've never used because they were just kind of shots in the dark. Is cheap Chinese cell phone accessories. <laughs> like this case looks really amazing. Oh, that would be great if it does what I think it can do. Then I buy it, and I spent. And honestly it's it's you know you you look at it on eBay and it was it would be 375 with free shipping from China and you're like how can you even make any money I mean 375 with free shipping how And then I get it and I go oh this is trash Yeah And then I just I'm like who is ever going to return this I am throwing this away like And I've got I've got I've got like silicone cases I've got like the flippy flappity cases that you know you can you know they're supposed to oh, be when you yeah. open up they'll make the phone wake up and you close it it goes back to sleep and
0: the cell phone wallets
1: yeah I mean I have found a a few nice things that uh, that you know they actually came out very very nice um, but yeah those are yeah stuff for like cell phones they're like definitely shots in the
0: dark so I I, I oh goodness. One of the worst purchases I ever made, <laughs> um, My a few phones ago, I had an LG G4, mm-hmm. but the G4 was sort of their last sort of conventional standard phone that just had a removable back, swapped the battery out, mm-hmm. had a headphone jack. It was sort of just a standard phone. Yep. But the nice thing about it was the plastic backing to the phone had a leather surface so it made it feel really nice in the hand it felt you know higher class than a plastic back and of course now phones have pretty much all gone to glass or metal glass Mm.
1: so i keep mine in a cover all the time
0: i i I put a vinyl skin on my current phone because the glass was so slippery it just i couldn't hold on to it it was like holding a wet bar of soap (laughs) um but anyway, so so the G4, the whole back just snapped off, and it had a leather skin. So they were expensive, though, because it was made of real leather. So if you bought a new one, I think they were about 60 bucks brand new through LG. And then I found some on eBay that were 5 bucks for this leather back from, you know, wherever in whatever stand. <laughs> and... I get it, and it was just a solid piece of plastic. They had textured leather, and it was super hard, and you'd you'd snap it on. It never wanted to snap really flush, and it was slippery because it was really cheap plastic, Mm. but it had this terrible surface. Uh, It was just... I think it was made out of the dashboard of, of, like, an early 90s Hyundai... Elantra dashboard or something <laughs> like that. It was just atrocious. Uh. So I I had that on my phone for a day and then I'm just this thing's getting recycled.
1: Mm-hmm. I did I did I bought a uh, I think it was when I I don't know when I tried to sign on for Wish the app and I, I forget where I saw it. I'm like okay, it's like download the Wish app and you get like a free gift or whatever. I was like all right, whatever this is. And so there was a watch that if you paid the Ninety nine cents for shipping. They would send you a free watch. I was like, okay. So that was like when I signed on. So, (laughs) oh, and I'll tell you about that. On it, that that can be like watch conversation. But, um, yeah, the watch came from Kyrgyzstan. the The return address was Kyrgyzstan, and I left that on my kitchen table for months. Cause I did not know what to do with it. And I, I was thinking that it's probably like <laughs> leaking radiation or it's got some sort of tracking device or listening. It's, device. it's just
0: like... a, it's just a solid block of lead. Yeah. You just get lead poisoning from it being on your wrist.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so eventually I, I think after, after two or three months, I finally just, it was, I remember, I remember I was doing, it was trash night or tra- trashers the next day. And I said, just throw it in the trash, you know, so whenever they, I'm like they haven't tracked me down yet, so I still have time. It'll go to the trash and then they'll track it down to some dump in Worcester County
0: somewhere. But it was ninety nine cents and that was about ninety-three cents too much money. It was a dollar five cents too much money. Oh you had to pay sales tax? No. To to Actually, to Kyr- Kyrgyzstan?
1: <laughs> no, I didn't pay sales tax because there was no cost. It was only shipping, so you don't pay sales tax on shipping. Uh. You not think you do. I don't remember. I just remember, whatever. It Thank was. you,
0: Captain Tax Law. This this podcast is not legal tax advice. Consult your accountant for maths knowledge.
1: Talk to your tax preparer for advice on such matters. So I did sign up for a website. Well, actually, I've been on this website looking for a little while, but I hadn't purchased anything. But it's uh, it's called OfferUp. You ever heard
0: of OfferUp? I feel like I've seen an ad for that.
1: Yeah, so it's uh, it's kind of like it's kind of like, kind of like a visual Craigslist. So instead of just getting like ads where you can click on and then see the pictures or maybe see like a tiny thumbnail, everything comes up in like, it's kind of like it's it's. In fact, I think you can tie it to Facebook. uh, It's kind of like that where it's just all it is is big picture thumbnails. With a brief description and then and then a price and then you can click and take a look. But you can search, you know, like anything you can search.
0: So, um, so it's actually it almost kind of looks like it kind of almost looks like Pinterest.
1: Yeah, yeah, kind of.
0: So I um,
1: I've been trying to. I have a 50 millimeter lens that I really don't want to use anymore um, because I've been. I wanted to get an 85 millimeter portrait lens. So I'm looking to get rid of the 50 millimeter millimeter lens and purchase an 85. But the goal was to get rid of the 50 first. But I was on offer up last night and there was someone who had one that was unused. They had purchased it uh, or was gifted it, didn't want to use it because I think they already had an 85 millimeter lens. And so it was out in Oregon and it was like, probably about 75 bucks cheaper than you would see on ebay so i just sent out an offer or sent out oh so at first i was gonna buy it because i like the price that's that's the whole point of getting into this conversation so i looked at it and this is like this is like people's stuff this is like garage sale stuff and so i go to purchase it and it was it gives you a shipping quote and then i go to buy it and i'm like oh that's a good price so i go to click on it and it was like we're gonna add 15 dollars in sales tax and i was like what So all of a sudden it was, you know, this great purchase, which of course, if you buy on eBay, you're paying sales tax, but it's like, this is just people. This is people with stuff. Like they've already paid sales. Someone's already paid sales tax on these items. Now I understand that legally. Yeah. But the fact that I went to buy, I was going to buy it and then I was like, I don't want, I'm like, I saw this, I had this price in my head and now all of a sudden it was going to be $15 more expensive. And I said, no, not going to buy it. And I said, wait a minute, let me, let me drop. So I, I asked if I could drop uh, ten bucks on the price, and the person agreed. So, so I have an eighty-five millimeter lens on its way to me from Oregon right now.
0: I like he's pounding it down.
1: And the reason, and the reason I want this eighty-five mm lens, it's an eighty-five millimeter, which uh, with a one point eight f uh, focal stop. Blah blah blah. I can't. I'm, my brain's not working. But I've in everything that I've read, Canon makes these two fixed prime lenses. 85 and 100 millimeter. 85 millimeter at a 1. 1.8, 100 millimeter at a 2.0, and they're both fantastic. Uh, every and like I've just I've read on Ador- Adorama's a website where I bought my camera. You can buy a lot of great new and used camera equipment. Uh, B&H is another great website. They had their reviews, and then uh, Ken Rockwell is a great uh, professional photographer. He's he has tested a lot of stuff, and he basically. He doesn't mince words in his reviews. You know, if he really likes something, or he might really like something, but say, you know what? You know, you could go out and buy an 80, 85 millimeter Canon L lens, which is their expensive lenses, and you get a 1.2, which is going to allow much more light to come in, but it's a $1,200 lens. He said, or, you know, if you want to buy this new for like 350 it's it's 97% of the lens for one third of the price. He goes don't you know he'll tell you don't buy don't spend that money get that instead and so everything i read about was this lens is fantastic so i got it for much 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 less than new and it was supposedly brand new like never been used just open box so yeah, but that's the thing it's like i will you know i've never i've never used the lens myself i've never tried it but I do trust that people say this is an unbelievable lens for the price. The value is ridiculous. And it'll be a great you know, it's a great uh great lens for portraits. You know, you get that nice bokeh, bouquet, bouquet, whatever they want to call it, effect where you have a nice clear you know, you the person in front of you is clear and then the background is very blurry. And this will give you a really, really oh, nice yeah. effect. So
0: I was like, yeah. The sort of portrait mode thing.
1: Yeah, and it'll de- for portraits, the better lens. See, I-, I wish I knew cameras well enough where I could give you all the terminology that someone's sitting there going, that guy knows what he's talking about. I kind of know what I'm talking about, but I kind of feel my way around stuff too. So this is a feel my way around stuff. Don't mind yeah,
0: me. I mean, like most any of that kind of stuff, you're either a professional that's in it all day, every day and working with it, Or you're just dabbling, but it's still a fun type of environment to to dabble into and learn and experiment with. Um,
1: And that's the thing. I'm I would love to you know, getting this you know, getting the new camera instead of a webcam has been nice because, you know, it's really kind of gotten like forced me to get back into not forced me, but like driven me to get back into photography. (laughs) You looking at the link I sent you?
0: I am. I'm, I'm wondering why I'm looking <laughs> at Christmas light toilets. <laughs> oh, no, think, So, if, if so, could... so no, nobody can nobody can see this. So James, James, in his online shopping ways, and he sent a link to, for this bathroom motion sensor LED lighting, and they have a picture of all these toilets with the lids up and the light shining on the lid and it literally looks like a ring of christmas lights <laughs> around this toilet. So, so the best thing is feel like christmas every time you drop a deuce. The no, the best thing is the title of this product. <laughs> so friends, I'm going to explain to you that buying stuff on Amazon, sometimes they just want to get words out there. You don't have a name for something, you just have words and hopefully it will trigger So this is the original toilet nightlight tech gadget, period. Fun bathroom motion sensor LED lighting, period. I don't even think that's a sentence. (laughs) Weird novelty, funny birthday, gag, stocking stuffer, gifts, ideas for him, her, guy, men, boy, toddler, mom, papa, brother.
1: But... Um, Did you notice? I think we
0: need to edit that down a little bit.
1: Did you notice something about that?
0: What did we not notice about that? No,
1: I'm just saying if you look down underneath that 4.3 out of 5 stars
0: Well, I mean clearly and it's got 2,500 ratings so
1: So you know it's good.
0: You know it's good. Let's look at some of the one star ratings. There's 10% of these are one stars Uh, Let's see It broke Um, It doesn't work with the seat down Well obviously that would block the light Moron (laughs) Um,
1: Only lights red
0: I found it took a little time for the sensors To get acclimated to our environment But worked fine after about an hour I'm usually up at around 3am And this is a welcome addition to Light My Way Would have been 5 stars but haven't had it long enough Parik worked great for 2 days And then stopped working I changed my four-star review to a one-star. This item would be great if it worked properly. So it looks like a lot of them broke. Mm. Which I mean, you're talking a fourteen-dollar RGB light bulb that you stick on your toilet.
1: Someone says, "Won't use for the toilet. Yuck. Who would clean that?" But they're using it for in in their in their regular room for a nightlight. Now let's look at the five-star reviews. What do they say? Is it possible to love a toilet light? Well, I do. This is a fabulous (laughs) little gizmo. Simple design, easy to use, and a lot of fun. A treasure for a very affordable price. I bought one for my five-year-old niece for her bathroom and found out her father, when he gets up in the middle of the night to visit the loo, travels across the entire house just to enjoy the rainbow light show. I have ordered one for him, one for my office gift exchange, and two more for additional holiday stocking stuffers. I may order a fifth. Then they included a beautiful picture of it glowing in purple behind a partially open door.
0: I still like the one two down from that of, My son has peed on the floor much less since adding this (laughs) light to his toilet. (laughs) Uh, Uh. What was she singing? She was singing New York State of Mind, and she was in the bedroom. She was fully across the house and belting it out like nobody's business. Does
1: she do this a lot, just sing karaoke by herself?
0: All the time, yeah. If she's home and bored, um, I'd say at least once a month. Um, okay. If not a couple times a month, right. she'll just start queuing up songs on YouTube and right. start singing.
1: As long as it's not like every night.
0: No, it's not every night. Okay, she's not, she's not that crazy. No comment. <laughs> I mean, she did marry me, so she's a little crazy.
1: That yeah, that's the total disqualifier right there.
0: What are your thoughts on Zoom, like using it?
1: I'm fine with it. it seems to work pretty well. I mean, I'm it's what I'm used to now. Like I'm, I don't. Before all this happened, I never did. You know, I never did Skype. You know, I've done like WhatsApp video calls, but I haven't done a lot of stuff. So this is, most of this is somewhat new to me. So,
0: see the most the most I had used before this was Skype. Um, I used it a couple of times for work. Um, I use it like talking to to some friends a couple of times. You have friends, and then I have friends. And then um, there's this one group that I have this online meeting to just, um, it's sort of an ongoing education and update meeting that they do Mm -hmm. once a month that takes an hour, and they always did it on Skype. Um, And now, since the um, pandemic started, you know, we've been doing Zoom so much, um, it just took, took off like a shot. You know, I, I didn't even know what Zoom was before this hit. Yep, and, and now it's just exploded. Um, and what really turned me for a loop is I went to go log on to that meeting I had on Monday night of that group, and I go on there, and they change from Skype to Microsoft
1: meeting? Teams. I think it is. Uh, yes.
0: Meeting. Yeah, that's that. Oh my god is it better worse um i don't know i didn't play around with any settings enough to really do anything but it was so new for everybody so nobody had any kind of pictures up for their faces oh yeah um it it was cleaner than skype skype always seemed very sort of industrial Mm. um it always worked but it was very rough around the edges and this was much cleaner um But I find it interesting because Zoom, it it got a lot of flack when things first started because uh, it it was configured to be just very open. Open, yeah. You know, just tell people to download this and you could send a link and you could be on a meeting. Yep. And just super easy to use, but that just made it really insecure. And then it got all this flack for like, Oh, Zoom is not secure at all. And uh, it, it is. You just got to have the settings right. But it, it's just so user-friendly.
1: Um, yeah. Now I think you can launch Google meetings from within the Gmail browser. Or, yeah, from your Gmail account. It's like everyone's trying to get their meetings going. But the, uh, yeah, which one was the Microsoft? Yeah, it was, I think it was Teams. And that's what uh, that's what the NFL used for the draft. It was like, I think with two or three weeks before it was to start, they, they switched over to, I think, because Microsoft um, sponsors the NFL. You know, all the, all the teams on the yeah. sidelines use Surface tablets. Uh, so, you know, they were talking about using Zoom or Skype. But um, Microsoft, I think, was able to optimize teams to work work well enough and that's what they used during the nfl draft all the teams used microsoft team at least at least with corresponding to uh to nfl headquarters i think maybe within themselves they might have been working with scouts and talking back and forth maybe on other platforms but for the most part we're using teams
0: it's just interesting the different services to use yeah but i also do find it it is interesting how fatiguing it is to constantly be on video conferences
1: yeah absolutely
0: i think mostly because you're just constantly staring at a screen yeah you're not changing your focal distance or changing what you're looking at it's just sort of you're just looking at this lit background that's a couple feet from your face for hours on end yep 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 yep, yep, yep.
1: i know it's it's crazy how much time we spend behind... <laughs> you know, we want to we get away from the screen. We want to get away from technology and go out and enjoy the fresh air. And now it's stay home. Sit behind a screen for 18 hours a day.
0: Enjoy. So speaking of getting out and seeing the world. Yep. Road trips.
1: Mm.
0: Why don't people like road trips? Because it hurts my brain when people don't want to drive somewhere if it's more than an hour
1: well i i think it starts from a young age i think it really depends on on your upbringing and what you're used to because we're just we're used to that i mean we can you know we some people and i and i can understand some people cannot sit in one place for hours at a time it just drives them bonkers it's too bad I think road trips are amazing, but I can I can see why. I think a lot of people have been trained to when they drive it's, you know, you have to do all these things. It's like you have to, you know, two hands on the wheels and eyes on the road and look behind you and it's and it's they've been tr- you know, they've been trained to to do these things as a, you know, these are your safeguards. It's like you have to, you know, you have to do these things and it's it takes You know, you and I have been driving for so long and, you know, we took the time to enjoy driving. I mean, that was part of, you know, weekends that we had as kids, you know, riding in, you know, the back seat of the BMW with mom and dad and just, you know, driving to places that are fun and seeing stuff. It was all, you know, it was a responsibility to drive, but it was never treated as drudgery, which I think for a lot of people it's drudgery unfortunately
0: but uh, so there's there's drastically different road trips you have the the day trip you know people go oh we gotta do a road trip because we're going you know 90 miles and this is a road trip (laughs) well that's not a road trip but you get your day trip where you're, you're you're leaving sometime in the morning and you're coming back sometime that night you know and usually it's it's based around some event you're going to and then you have the road trips where you're going to be gone for days on a road trip. You know the the, the day trip kind of road trip. I find funny because people will we got to plan everything out and it the roads go places. So if you've got a rough idea of where you want to go, it's okay to kind of deviate a little bit, unless you're like on a timetable. Um, one thing that I say to people is. Growing up, a a day trip, a road road trip for the day, it wasn't a success unless at some point dad would be driving along and get to an intersection and go, oh, this is where this road comes out. (laughs) (laughs) Invariably, I would realize at that moment in time that he had, you know, some clue of where he was, but no real idea of where he was. But he just knew that if he kept going in this direction he would find some highway mm. some main road yeah. some landmark and he could work his way back home from there and people get very obsessed about like you can't get lost and you know we, we were I was on a motorcycle trip with some friends and TFTI we were going, mm, we were going along and we pull off at an intersection and one of them zooms up alongside. And so I stop and go, Hey, what's up? And he goes, Oh, we need to get gas. We're, you know, it's not like urgent, but next stop we, we have for gas. We need to get gas. Okay. We're going to be reaching route nine at, we're heading South. I know we're somewhere within 10 miles of route nine. We will hit route nine. There's no way to miss it. We're, we're heading South. Mm -hmm. And, Sure enough, we hit Route 9, and it's like, okay, Route 9 is a major road, even in the rural areas, it's a major road. And we started going west, and sure enough, in about 10 miles, found a gas station. We're in the middle of boonies, but here's gas. It, it it's not that hard, yeah. but people want everything to be just so structured. And...
1: I I you know, for me, it's I'm rarely lost. When I have that time where I legitimately don't know where I am and I don't really know where to go to get out of it, that to me is exciting. <laughs> I, I never get to experience that.
0: Yeah, I always want to see something new. Yeah. You know, I want something that I don't have a common re- frame of reference for. Yeah. And it's nice to have roads that you know and this is a great drive and I love doing this trip or this section of it is Always my favorite that that last that last like uh, ten miles on the Merritt Parkway, heading towards New York City, where you start going through that that sort of park area and it's really windy and really hilly. Yep. I love that section of the Merritt. Mm-hmm. Um, that always just I get giddy when I'm driving that part. That I've done that you know a hundred times. Yeah, but Seeing something new and finding a new stretch of road and a new place to stop and look out over a valley or, you know, that's always that's always part of the treasure is just finding that new thing. So one, one piece of advice that I would give to young families, and I'm saying this as someone that does not have kids, to someone else that does not have kids. What? Yeah, I'm sorry, James. You don't have kids. How, um, do, you, how do you know that? <laughs> you don't have kids that I've ever seen, and I've known you for many, many years. So, if you have kids on the, sla- on the side, um, you've been doing a really good job of hiding <laughs> it. I would say that. Um, most times, you always you always see the this sort of stereotypical TV show. We're going on a trip and it's, oh, what, are we there yet? What are we going to be there? What's going, you know, I need to stop. Mm-hmm. And one thing that mom and dad impressed upon me, and we went cross country as a family. It was 1986. Mm-hmm. We had just got a brand new... Chevy Celebrity Eurosport. I think it was a it was a it was a dealer demo model, so it had every bell and whistle in the book. Mm -hmm. Um so it was it did have a few miles on it, but it was effectively brand new. And how long did we have that? We had that thing for maybe like a month or two before it was we're taking this thing out to California. That is six years old.
1: That is a Pappas tradition. You get a new car, you take it cross country.
0: And and The idea of, well, I need to use the bathroom. When's the next bathroom? And there was no, well, we'll tell you when the next bathroom is. There's, here's a map. Find the next stop. Mm -hmm. Uh, Learn how to find where you are, how to find where you're going. And that becomes part of the adventure. That, That becomes part of how a kid learns... How big things are, where things go, how to find their way, you know, involvement in sort of just basic daily tasks becomes a huge piece of entertainment, Um, you know, that was always just.
1: And there was never an argument. It was, we're stopping. Use the bathroom. I don't have to use the bathroom. Go. Oh, yeah. You just knew. It's like anytime you stop, just go use the bathroom.
0: If the wheels aren't turning, you pee, but it, it, you know, having that background, just there's no fear of taking a long driving trip. And I had this conversation with someone where they go, well, you're going to be out so far and what, isn't it dangerous? And it's, there's other cities. You know, the, the, the end of your driveway is black asphalt that meets with the street that's black asphalt, that goes to the highway that's black, black asphalt. And you know what? That that goes all the way to the Pacific Ocean, and there's other little ribbons of black asphalt. It, and, and other people drive, you know, Camrys and Accords on these roads all across the country. Like, there's nothing that difficult. Mm. It's all pretty easy. Um, you know, if you have a few basic sort of safety nets you know have a AAA account if you know so that way you can get a tow if you need to yeah. um good size you know, spare a, if you got
1: it if you can fit it
0: yeah a little extra kitty a little extra cash for just like an emergency kind of repair if you need to on the road but i mean how many times have we been cross country and you've had to do any kind of major repair on the vehicle it, it odds are it's not gonna happen
1: unless unless jeremy is driving your car
0: well, I mean, that's just poor planning to start with. You don't have Jeremy drive your car.
1: <laughs> and your water pump blows in South Carolina at 4 a.m.
0: If I knew it was going to be this much of a problem, I wouldn't have stopped.
1: Oh. You know, everything Everything was fine. Everything was fine until he said that. And then I just looked at him like, really? Really? Okay. I, I
0: So how did that go down?
1: So... Yeah, it's four in the morning. We're just getting into South Carolina. We're on a. It's me, my good friend Jeremy. Love him. He's actually done very, very well with his vehicles. I think he he didn't have an automotive background of any sort. I think hanging out with us, he's learned over the years.
0: Jeremy, if you're listening to this podcast, we love you
1: <laughs> absolutely. Um, but we were, you know, it was Jeremy, myself, and another friend of ours, and we're driving to Florida for a week. And you know, it's drive straight through. We're gonna drive straight to Florida. It's South Carolina, 4 a.m. and all of a sudden and I'm sitting in the front seat, Jeremy's driving, and I'm getting I'm I'm starting to fall asleep. And we're talking a little bit, but I'm just kinda like, I'm about to fade out, and then he goes, What's this light? And then I sit up and I look over and I see check engine light. I see and then all of a sudden I see other lights pop up. It's like the overheating light, you know, the like low coolant, like all this stuff just starts. And all of a sudden the car is, the dashboard's lighting up like a Christmas tree. And I'm thinking, uh-oh. <laughs> the fortunate, actually, we were very, very fortunate in this regard because this, is, this was in 1993, early 93. 1993? Um, was it 93 or 92? Yeah, 93. Um, I don't... Did I not have a cell phone yet? I forget what it was. I, di- I didn't have a cell phone because I... we Fortunately, we broke down as we were passing a rest area. So we actually pulled the car over about 100 yards past the rest area's ramp back onto the highway. So we pulled off way off to the side. I was able to run back to the rest area, use a, use a, uh, a payphone. <laughs> payphone, children. That's, that's where you put money in to actually talk to people Somewhere else, um, or call collect or call toll free. And fortunately, mom forced me. She's like, "You will get AAA before this trip. You're not doing a cross country trip without AAA." And I'm like, "Okay, mom. Thank you, mom." Um, so yeah, my water pump ended up seizing on the way down, and that, and that's what and that's what that's what Jeremy said. He's because it took we had to wait till about eight in the morning to get a tow truck. The tow truck. had to go about 15 miles in the opposite direction and it picks us up and it has to travel, I think six or seven miles to get to the next exit and then drive. So it was like a 25 mile tow. Fortunately, it got taken care of, but that would have been a huge, huge expense. And then fortunately, the mechanic was able to get a part, but it came in later that day. So we didn't get back on the road until mid afternoon. So from 4 a.m. to about 3 or 4 p.m. We were off the road, which in the grand scheme of things, not a huge deal. But we did miss, a, you know, we were planning to spend the day in Daytona and before we headed over to Disney World, and that kind of went out the window. And, and Jeremy said, if I knew it was going to be this much hassle, I would have kept driving. And I said, yeah, and you would have made it about a mile and a half, and then forget the water pump, the whole engine would have blown up because it had no, <laughs> no way to keep cool. And we'd all be going home by plane, maybe. So, yeah. yeah you know, things, things can happen. We also had, in fact, The the Celebrity on a a later trip. Uh, We took that again in 2000, I believe it was. No, not 2000, 90, 1990. Um, Was it 90?
0: Yeah, I was going to say, I don't think we had that thing anymore in 2000.
1: I remember when we we had The Celebrity and we were driving. We had just picked up our Aunt Sandy who lived up in... uh, Oh, no, that would have been 91. 91, that's when we went to... uh, is we weren't going cross country. We were going to uh, Minnesota for the family reunion.
0: People, we only went from Massachusetts to Minnesota. We weren't going cross country. Yeah, it was yeah, that's, half that's, that's,
1: cross. That's a, that's a yeah. That's a cop out cross country trip. That
0: doesn't count. If if it's not if it's not at least twenty five hundred miles, it doesn't count. <laughs> sad sack. Barely uh, barely cross the Mississippi. Barely cross the Mississippi. Well, You're just getting started at that point. Well, we
1: were we were because because you know we were all gathering together as a family and there was limited space. We ended up taking our our pop up trailer for that trip, so that's where we're gonna we're gonna stay in the trailer. And we had picked up Aunt Sandy and we headed up north through Montreal. And I remember getting onto off one interstate onto another. It was either outside of Montreal or might have been in Ottawa at this point. And we're getting we're on on the on ramp to get on the next highway. And then just all of a sudden, smoke starts pouring into the cabin. And it was like, oh my gosh, no. What is this? Oh no, oh no, oh no, oh no. It ended up being, I think the AC took a... I don't know if it was the compressor bit it or what. But it just, whatever it did, it seized up and... You know, but we were... And and it didn't stop the trip. We were able to just go without. But that was a... Yeah, there can be some scary moments. But the thing is, is that these days, pretty much everywhere you go not in 2004 between in 2004 between Minnesota and Washington I don't think I saw I had my Sprint phone at the time my no not Sprint Nextel I had my Nextel phone and I had zero coverage but these days pretty much wherever you go in the country you have some sort of cell coverage and even if you even if your network doesn't have coverage your phone still has the ability to make emergency calls if absolutely needed so there's very, very few places where you're going to find yourself completely. And, and so many people travel these days. Wherever you go, you're not going to be in a place where no one will, you know, where the next time someone finds you, you're, 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 you're a carcass on the side of the road with vultures all over you. That's just not going to happen.
0: Yeah. I mean, so Leslie and I did a road trip two years ago up through the Trans-Labrador Highway in North far northeastern Canada. Yeah, it was. And it, I, I tell you, it's an interesting experience. You leave, as you go out of Quebec City and you follow along the, the north bank of the St. Lawrence and, and as the river becomes the gulf, and it's basically the ocean at that point, there's little towns, a little hamlets, and there's roads that kind of, Go well, And we went on as far as Bay Camo, and then you pick up the road that heads north through Quebec to get up to Labrador. And from that point, when you turn left to go on that road, there's not another road to turn off of until Labrador City.
1: Which is how <laughs> you many just...
0: miles? Oh, goodness. I think it was probably about 500 miles. Nice. 500? yeah about that um a lot of gravel we did some long sections of just straight up gravel roads (laughs) and to labrador city and we went up to labrador city we went across to Mm -hmm. goose bay down through newfoundland and
1: what's the park that you hit in newfoundland that's just like otherworldly
0: oh um goodness
1: you want to talk about like you google making you want to go someplace the Yes. Google pictures of that park was just, how do I get up there now?
0: And it's like, we didn't really have time to, to really visit the park as much as I wanted to. Mm. Um, but just looking at the mountain range from a rainy highway was mind-blowing. Gros Morne. Morn. Morn. yes. National Park. Morne is gorgeous. Like, I could spend a week in that area. Mm-hmm absolutely gorgeous i mean when
1: you told me about it and i i started looking it up on google maps and you just type on the you just find the park you type on it and there's just like a trillion pictures and they are all you look at them and go how is this anywhere near here <laughs> you know it looks yeah. like it looks like you're in new zealand you know it just i mean it has such a just such a unique landscape it's crazy and there's yeah. so many different types of terrains there too that that just was amazing to look at.
0: It, it, it's it's absolutely breathtaking that that mountain ridge, and and like I said, we didn't even really get into it. Um, I, I I would love to spend a week up in Newfoundland.
1: That's called poor planning.
0: It was it was literally something we tacked on at the end of the trip. We were just we were looking to drive the trans Labrador mm-hmm. highway and, and this was, well, we're going to go through Newfoundland. We should drive past this. And when we got there, it was just, we need more time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There just isn't the time.
1: Yeah. And that's, and that, that's, that to me is part of the, you know, that's what, and that's why I love, I love planning road trips. I love like, what can you do? I mean, you have, you know, if you're going cross country, you've, and you have the time, yeah, basically everything is put in front of you. You can do whatever you want. You can see whatever you want, and just the just the the variety of things to see. Um, so I've got a you know a wedding in Atlanta next month, and I'm debating should I fly or should I drive. And then I saw a picture of uh, goodness, it was like two NASCAR racers go out for a out for a motorcycle ride, and they stopped and they took a picture somewhere in Georgia and just like this beautiful back road in a valley with just mountains on either side and as soon as i saw that picture i'm thinking oh yeah i'm not flying i'm driving i'm absolutely driving like i have to i it just it got me so geeked up for a road trip it's uh i mean cuz here to atlanta you know you could take all interstate if you want but man if you get off that interstate and you hit some of the appalachians some of the blue ridge parkway um, just get off the road, like find something that looks like it has a lot of curves and go to it. You know, there, there are roads that I look at and I just, I see the road and I go on paper, this road looks amazing. I need to see what this looks like. And I just go, <laughs> you know, it's when you go to, uh, deals gap, um, between, uh, North Carolina and set Tennessee, North Carolina, Tennessee, North Carolina, whatever it is. Um, it's
0: yeah, I think that's in Carolina. So.
1: Yeah, so that it starts at Tail of the Dragon and then Deals Gap, and it's it's famous for having 318 turns and 11 miles, and it is super super, but it's also super super packed with people. It's a fantastic road. Fortunately, I was able to drive it. Um, was able to drive it uh, at a pretty decent speed. You know, I was able to enjoy it instead of getting stuck behind a truck or a caravan of people doing you know under the speed limit, which. It's hard to do the speed limit on that road because it's so curvy. But to be honest, for as great as that road was, there was another road nearby called the Cherahola Skyway. And I just happened to look at it and say, because we decided to drive that deal's gap twice. We drove north and then back south into North Carolina. And I was with a friend of mine who was going back to Indiana afterwards, so he was going to head north-west. And I need to head, obviously, northeast back to Massachusetts. And so we looked at the map and said, hey, if we had this Cherahola Skyway, it takes us in a westerly direction. But then it goes north and it kind of gets you up towards the interstate, which is good for both of us. And then we make our way, you know, we we'll break off from that point. And that Cherahola Skyway was so much fun because it wasn't as windy, but it was still windy, but it was fast. You know the deals gap. It's the speed limit is like 35 almost the entire way. Chihuahua Skyway, there were parts where it was 55. You know it's it's between kind of 40 and 55 the whole way, and it's fast and no one's on it. And it was just, you know, I look at this, I look at that area of the country, and they're, all the roads are so squiggly. If you love to drive, you know, it doesn't even have to be fast. They can just be. Do you like to get in a car, take a few corners, and just get out and have fun? If you do, that place is just amazing. Like the whole area, the whole Appalachian area is amazing because you just look for a super curvy road and drive it. You're going to love it. And that's, you know, that's how it was. It's like, but just get away from the super common touristy areas and have, you know. So I love looking for, you know, how can I get from this point to this point without taking the interstate? Like what roads can I take? Or what shortcuts can I take? Or where can I get off the interstate? You know, if I need to get down in a fairly timely manner, are there any places where I can, excursions where I can get off and have a little bit of fun on the way? Stuff like that. I I
0: live for that. I love that. Just stitching a few curves together. I think the best, the best experience of that was when you and I did our uh, road trip back in 2000 around the country. Uh, aptly named by our friend Michael Rivet as the Zorro trip because it looked like we were slashing a Z across the entire <laughs> continent. But I, I re- remember we were we were gonna drive part of the Pacific Coast Highway north of San Francisco, and you look at it on the map and you go, "Oh, it's squiggly." But that was back that was back when you first had Google Maps, um, and neither of us had a, a phone that could do it. You could only look at stuff on the computer. Mm-hmm and like print stuff out or plan stuff
1: yahoo maps
0: oh yes brutal so I, oh goodness what, what was MapQuest where Mapquest. you had like the print out of of directions and invariably there would be like something missing oh, or some damn. direction and and now you're trying to get back onto that line of this step of oh map quest that was just the worst is as you zoomed in it was squigglier than it could even show before it just kept showing more and more squiggles as you zoomed more and more in don't and zoom that in road, don't
1: zoom in it, it
0: it was it was three times longer than it looked like on the map because you know that little line that was sort of this little curly q was actually this this sort of zigzag like ekg heartbeat line going back and forth trying not to fall into the ocean <laughs> and and it took forever But it was amazing.
1: So just a story. So as a chauffeur, yeah, I've been driving at this point. I think it was a 99. I want to say it was either 99 or 2000. So I've been driving for two or three years. And I was supposed to pick up these executives that were going to Alta Alta Vista used to have offices out in Littleton. And I knew exactly when I found out, I looked at the address and I, I would look it up online or look it up in a map book. And so Alta Vista offices, you go out route two. Until you get to 495, you don't get on 495, but the very next day, as soon as you pass 495, within a quarter mile, there's this road called Taylor Road. You exit off of Taylor Road, you take a left, and then the office, like this, this office building was right there. So right off of Route 2. So for me, even though I'd only been driving for two or three years, that's, that's the area I grew up in. That's the area I know well. So I'm picking these guys up at the Weston uh, Copley Hotel. And I'm taking them out to Alta Vista, so I know where I'm going. I, I I don't even have to look at a map. I mean, I don't. You know, we didn't have GPS, but I don't even need GPS. I don't even have to look at a map for this. So they come out, and they've got <laughs> one of these guys is like, he's like, okay, so you know we're going to Alta Vista. I said, yeah, yeah, I know where you're going. I know where it is. We're good. He goes, oh, we're here. I printed up these directions for you, and so I go, okay, so. I could tell like he really wanted me to look at these. He printed them up for me. So I said, all right, some, like I'll, I'll appease him by taking a look. But I go, I really don't even need these. I know where we're going. And so from it says from the Marriott or oh, not the Marriott, the Weston Copley Hotel. It said it's telling me that you need to get on the Mass Pike eastbound on the Fitzgerald Expressway, which. The, the Fitzgerald Expressway was this, the, the piece of the Mass Pike that went into Boston but no one ever called it. The The traffic guys never called it Fitzgerald Expressway. There were no signs. There used to be a sign in the Prudential Tunnel years ago that was so dirty you couldn't even see it that said Fitzgerald Expressway <laughs> on it. But there was no nothing anywhere that said this was Fitzgerald Expressway. But it said... Yeah,
0: it, if they're not calling it the Mass Pike, it might be called the Mass Pike Extension. Yeah, it's like the Or, 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 or get
1: Interstate like, 90.
0: <laughs> or Interstate 90. Yeah, just, or I-90.
1: You know, I always say whenever when all this fails, don't call an, a highway by its name. Just give me the give me the route number, which will be on every map ever. And but it's telling me to get on eastbound, which is kind of difficult because there is no access to the Mass Pike eastbound from the Westin Copley Hotel.
0: Uh. So
1: it's trying to tell me to go east. It's impossible. And then it's saying to take the Fitzgerald Expressway, and then it was saying to take this to the oh man. Man, I can't even remember what the central artery uh, expressway was called, but that had a name. And it said, take it to this. And it wouldn't even say a a route number. It would just say, take it to this expressway and go north. And then it wanted me to go like some ridiculous way that made absolutely no sense. But I looked at it and I go, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, I know where we're going. And completely ignored it. I mean, you had to ignore it because you couldn't get on the (laughs) last bike. It's it's like, well, I could drive down this tunnel. Get a shovel
0: and start digging your own tunnel.
1: Yeah, I'll take I'll take the I'll take the off ramp off of the pike eastbound to the to the hotel, and I'll drive in the wrong direction, and then do a hard, you know, two ten or what? No, what do you want to call it? One eighty? I don't know. Whatever to go the opposite direction. It's but that's the you know you just couldn't trust maps back then were as much guesswork. They just didn't have the data. You know. Oh yeah. Now it's like you look at Google Maps and it's if it if it. Apple Maps still once in a while will tell you to take a right down a a one way that's going in the wrong direction. You know when you like when you use that when if if you're on if you're on the Uber app as a driver if you're on Uber sometimes as you're you know if you use that as your navigation you'll see someone that's down this street on the right and it says oh go up to this and then take a right and you get there and you go oh that's a one way you can't go that way what are you doing this is like 2020 or 2019 what are you doing yeah. But I mean with Google With Waze you just don't have Those problems anymore Sorry I'm
0: sniffing I wish I could find my old map I wish I could find my old map book with all the little like Oh nope there's a street missing And I would just hand draw it in So I could find stuff And then every person that I would pick up I would like Notch on the map Where they were so that way I could easily find it at another time
1: Yeah Yeah there, there were times that there were time. there were so many times in the mornings where if I didn't, I would always try to check my addresses before I left in the morning. So I wasn't surprised, you know, I might pick someone up who's, you know, they could have lived some, they could have, they, they could live in a development that's been there for five or six years and for whatever reason is still not on a map and still not on Google. And so what you used to have to do was you actually used to call up the, the fire department, the local fire department. I just explain. Hey, I'm a chauffeur. I'm trying to find this street. Would you be able to tell me what it's off of? Just give me like a brief description of where I could find this this address. And they, they usually usually be able to tell you. Almost, I mean, they'd have to. And that was the thing. They'd have to be able to tell you because if they didn't know how to find an address in their town, oh, there's a fire. We, Let it burn. We'd, we'd, we'd love to help you. Uh, <laughs> we don't know where you are. Can you give us Can you give us GPS coordinates, please? Maybe we can plug that into our GPS.
0: Just, just follow the smell of the burning fire.
1: <sighs> yeah, but that's that's how you. There were plenty of mornings where I was, I'd be on the phone to the fire department at you know four in the morning because I didn't check the address ahead of time. Going, oh, why am I doing this? <laughs> you know, and, and you're driving in that direction, so you're just like you hope you can find it before you get to the point where you have to make a decision where to get off the highway. So, yeah, lots changed. I mean. You know, a few years back, when they had the uh, the ceiling tile come down in the Ted Williams Tunnel, and they closed that tunnel, that eastbound tunnel, for what six months. Oh yeah. And then we had to start. You know, it was either the Callahan, or it would get backed up so badly that we started taking the Tobin Bridge. And that was, I think, you had dri- you had driven um, at that point before the big dig had completely finished, so you knew the back way and using going through Chelsea. But that used to be, if you came from the north into, into Boston, the 93 was such a disaster. You didn't even try to take it into the city to get to the airport. You'd get off in, on Route 60 in Medford or maybe even up in Stoneham and take back roads to get to through Chelsea and into the airport. And there were so many people that, once that ceiling tile had fallen, there were so many people that had only been driving as chauffeurs for a few years. And they were just used to, no, the GPS told me to go this way. <laughs> Well, once upon a time, we had map books, and we yeah. used map books, and that's all we had. Uh,
0: I, I still remember one of the hardest things I had was right at the tail end of the big dig, when they were sort of like buttoning up all the little bits. Um, I think one of the last pieces was they took High Street, which is a one-way street that sort of cuts across the financial district, and they flipped the direction that it runs in. <laughs> so I had this drop off at 100 federal and normally you go up Congress, take a right on high and loop around and you're there. And I'm looking at, it, I'm like, how do you, how do you get there now? There's no way to, to get there now. And I'm looking at the map. So I, I, I go, okay, well it's gotta be, if it's not this turn anymore. So I would go up the next one and, Nope, this fed me back in and I came down Oliver Street and that didn't get me over far enough. Okay. Well, I took the next one, but that didn't get me over far enough. And you have to go all the way around to Summer mm-hmm. and then cut back in and it's this this crazy loop around to get to one of the biggest buildings in the financial district and it took me literally four loops of the financial district to find the way into this neighborhood. I don't know how they planned that out, but there was just no warning. It was just, hey, yeah, this is a one way going the other way now. Have fun.
1: It's so funny <laughs> that you mentioned that because I had I had picked up a group of executives. We left the airport, and they and they were going to I think it was I think it was two international, uh, the one that's further away from Atlantic, or the one that's uh, up closer to two twenty five Franklin. Whatever it was. And they said, all right, you know how to get there? And I said, absolutely. I know what, I know exactly where you're going. And that was the day, or maybe it was the day before, that they had flip-flopped that street. So the entire, yeah, like, like Andrew, like you said, the entire, I mean, High Street is one way from one end to the other, but it used to go in the opposite direction. And then all of a sudden it was, yeah, it's coming, it's coming in an easterly direction now instead of westerly, and I didn't know that. It, they just flipped it one day. They just flipped it. So I got these executives, and I go, and I'm about to turn, and I'm like, it says, "Do not enter." Like, okay, so what? And the guys in the car going, uh, "I thought you said you knew how to get there." And I said, "Well, I know where your building is." I said, "I said, see this, this, all this, all this, see this highway and all that. They put everything underground, and they're switching." I said, "They literally." just flipped the one-way direction on this street within the past couple of days because i didn't even know they would do it. <laughs> and they go oh okay and they're just looking at me like i got two
0: heads and i go oh, well, what am i supposed to do you know just whatever honest sir they just moved the road on me <laughs> <laughs> pretty much it makes it makes no sense to people not from boston they're like what do you mean they moved the road what do you mean they turned the direction of the road how do you do that? And it's like it's Boston They'll that's that's mess
1: when mess you, with your head. That's when you need Doc Brown where we're going. We don't need roads.
0: <laughs> oh, I was just watching a video today on YouTube about um uh, gondola systems as transportation, and they had images from a sales prospect to build gondolas to go from South Station to the um, convention center and then onto the Seaport District. Mm-hmm. So you would just literally like walk out of your train, walk out, go up to this gondola station, and they come by like it's a ski lift, and you just sort of like walk on, and now you're sort of floating about five stories above summer street and just sort of doo-doo. and i i want that to happen so badly because <laughs> that would just be amazing because traffic in boston is well it hasn't been bad now during the pandemic but <laughs> like hey
1: yeah, i'd love to be driving around boston right now
0: yeah but in general it can be horrendous at times has been Fool Injectors with the Pappas Brothers and occasionally a reluctant Leslie Pappas. Theme music is entitled Continuing the Way by Vlad Gushenko, available on SoundCloud. This doesn't belong in the meat department. Don't be lazy, Andrew. I'm, I'm not that good an audio editor.
1: <laughs>
0: it took me h- half an hour just to figure out how to line up the two audio files, so... <laughs>
1: So I'm glad you're so so into this because I know I can just ride you for all the editing. At least for the <laughs> at least for the first few hundred episodes. I'm looking like that guy. Yes, I'm that guy. The one that was on the news all over the country for the past like three or four days. I'm that guy.